Welcome to the Fantasy F1 Podcast. Let's look at the salaries for Saudi Arabia or the Jeddah Street Circuit and also go over some picks. If you want to get access to the spreadsheet that you see on your screen and all of my notes, which are up to like 30 pages, basically, I'm aggregating everything, doing all the work for you and providing it for you to make your life easier, make it easier for you to build lineups and play Fantasy F1 at DraftKings, you can do it all on your own. You can spend hours and hours doing the research and then hours and hours building spreadsheets. And then maybe just before lock, you'll have time to scramble and build some lineups. Or you can sit back, relax. Let me aggregate all the news sources and put it in the notes. Let me compile all that and put it into my projections. Let me build all of the spreadsheets that you'll have for this week at Saudi Arabia with an optimizer, mind you. Also, hey, what, what about if I want to know what happened in past races? It's all there in the spreadsheet. You can see what was the winning lineup. What was the optimal lineup for Bahrain? There it is. I did the work for you. I calculated it. There's all the information. You can start building the trends. Do you want to build this spreadsheet on your own? I mean, just going through and doing the conditional formatting for the color coding. You don't want to do that. Let me do that. How can you let me help you? How can you let me help you? Well, go to raceforthepride.com. Oh, by the way, if you're new, you're an F1 person. I'm Pierce Dietrich. And you can follow me on Twitter at Race for the Prize. That's at Race for the Prize. And then go to RaceForThePrize.com. This is the hub for all of my fantasy NASCAR content, my fantasy F1 content. Everything is there. Everything that I ever do. Even my crazy blog. If you want to go there, don't tell them about the blog. Don't tell them about the blog. Tell them about the blog. Go to the blog. It's weird. It's different. It's not for all of you, but about 5% of you might get a real kick out of the blog. It's it's my baby. I love it. Anyway, back to Fantasy F1. You want access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet. You want access to the Fantasy F1 spreadsheet. Go to this red button here. It says Brandon Cruz DFS. Brandon is also helping provide content and helping with the data and aggregation and the projections and the notes and the videos. Working together. Teamwork makes the dream work. If you go to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, you can support us. You want to support the content that we're providing. Maybe you don't even care about getting the spreadsheet or all the notes and information. You just want to say thank you, partner, for providing all this awesome F1 content, all this awesome NASCAR content. There's the ways to be a Patreon. If you do sign up this way, then I give it all to you. I give you access to all the spreadsheets, all the notes, all the information, and all of Brandon Cruz's stuff. It's there. The easiest way to get to it is patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Also, race for the prize. At Race for the Prize is how you can follow me. And if you want some free stuff, you can always go to DK Nation. That's where I am a writer and an editor for the last decade, not a decade, about eight years. And I've been writing the NASCAR content, the F1 content. It's there. It's up on the page right now. It's free. I'm clicking on it right now. Your fantasy rankings for Saudi Arabia. It's there. It's free. And my basketball content, my NFL content, my baseball content, it's all there. You can check that out for free. But what we want to do here, what we want to talk about now is F1 pricing for Jetta Street Circuit and picks for Jetta Street Circuit or Saudi Arabia or whatever names that you want to give these races. Charles Leclerc, 11,600. Boy, those Ferraris were fast last week. Boy, those Ferraris will be fast again this week. I'm kicking myself. Are you kicking yourself? I'm kicking myself. If you watch my Friday night practice recap video where I went over the lap by lap data, I will do that again this week. Go over some picks, go over the lap by lap data. Charles Leclerc was fast in practice, but Charles Leclerc only did a two-lap run. Now, Charles Leclerc only did a two-lap run, and I mentioned this in practice, and I should have stuck with it. 
He only did a two-lap run because Yuki Tsunoda got in his way, which, you know, the stewards later, I don't know if they fined Tsunoda, but they reprimanded him for doing it. And so Leclerc wasn't able to go five laps, six laps into a long run. He probably had pretty good race pace, but we didn't get to see it because of Yuki! Yuki! And so... On paper, oh, well, look at Max Verstappen. Eight laps, super fast. Well, Charles Leclerc only ran two because of Yuki. And they get into the race. Charles Leclerc has a track position, and Charles Leclerc has a faster car. His car also doesn't fail. And he outsmarts him. He outsmarts him. There's several really good videos. Uh, Chain Bear is a video that breaks this down. You can read the articles, or if you just go to the notes, I've got this pointed out. Um, you can search all over the internet to find the breakdowns, or guess what? If you signed up at RaceForThePrize.com and you're just using my notes, then you can simply get access. You can always watch these videos, and I'll help you out. And you can always check out the podcast, and I'll help you out there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher. You go to racefortheprize.com. Easy way to find all the different platforms for the podcast, YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. Hey, okay, Charlotte Claire outsmarted Max Verstappen. Uh, and it's unbelievable that Max fell for And that was awesome. Like, you were probably losing your mind watching that Bahrain race, like, on the edge of your seat. Whoa, this is crazy racing. And then you step back and say, wait a second. After it's like, what was Max thinking? You idiot. What were you doing, Max, as I take a sip of coffee here? This is nothing against Mac or, or Charlotte Claire. This is actually everything for Charlotte Claire. It's smarted, outsmarting. Uh, he eased up going into uh, – I'm saying eased up might be a little bit of an exaggeration. That's fine. He, he didn't run very hard. He actually – I mean, basically, he allowed Max to pass him going into turn one. Now, this allowed Charlotte Claire then to trail behind, use the DRS – the drag reduction system for the NASCAR guys jumping over here to F1, then takes the pass and gets, takes the lead back in turn four and then hangs on to the lead for the rest of the lap. And then he does it again. Max passes him in turn one and the Max Verstappen orange Dutchmen are cheering and going crazy. Yeah, William of Orange is the best. And then all of a sudden we get to turn four and Charles Leclerc just reverses it. He does it over and over. Like, hey, guess what, Max? Next time. Don't pass him in turn one. Stay in his wake. And then you make the pass with the DRS in uh, turn four. And then you get to hang on the lead for the rest of the lap and possibly build a bigger lead. And you maybe are a better defender. It doesn't really matter in the end because he suffers the fuel failure, which was the result of uh, them not testing. Well, So it's the E10 engine fuel, and there's a problem with the heating issue when it gets really low during Bahrain testing and in the Barcelona testing. They never ran their fuel tank really low, and so they never realized like once the engine gets low or whatever with this E10 that causes fuel pump issues, other teams knew about it. Red Bull didn't. And that's why both those Red Bull engines just went back. And then also for Stappen, the, the steering rod got damaged when they dropped the car. Now, uh, Craig Scarborough thinks that that's really strange. Because you're dropping the car off the jacks nonstop. People do this constantly, and it doesn't cause any problems. So that was kind of strange. Uh, but, hey, it's all explicable. We understand why Max had issues. Hopefully, they're able to fix those, and hopefully those fixes on this short week now going to Saudi Arabia, uh, it doesn't add to it, right? You want to build off of last week. You want to have a good week and keep building. That's what Ferrari's doing. Ferrari's not spending any time fixing any mistakes. Ferrari's not spending any time dealing with issues. Ferrari's taking what they know, and they're adding to their notebook, and they're likely getting faster, whereas Red Bull is going to have to spend some amount of time fixing 
what was going on with the fuel pump. I mean, first they had to figure out what was it, how can we fix it, or what kind of parts do we need to do. Uh, they got to figure out exactly what was going on with the steering rod. Uh, uh, I think that's about it, really. I mean, balance of the car was fast. The car was fast. Uh, but, you know, that probably isn't that big of a deal. That's not enough to say, I'm not playing Max now, but I do want to plant that seed of doubt. We need that seed of doubt. We needed that seed of doubt last week when we played too much Max Verstappen. Okay, Charles Leclerc, yes, he can win this race. And, yes, his price is fine. And, yes, you can captain him at that price. Although he was the captain last week in the optimal lineup at a much cheaper price, the optimizer loved Max Verstappen leading a bunch of laps. And if Max Verstappen would have led all the laps at his inflated price, he still would have been captain. Leclerc was the captain because he led all those laps, won the race, got all the bonuses, uh, just ended up being an incredible deal at his price. He's still, anyone who does this will be an incredible deal. Where we stand? We got to see how things shape out uh, through practice, but where I stand, I, I just don't see any way reasonable to not roster both of those guys in the optimal spot to uh, Max Verstappen also can win this race. I don't mind the price. It's cheaper this week. We'll wait and see how practice goes. Um, maybe you can roster both of them. I think it's going to be difficult to do that. We'll see. This is my first real look at the salary, but just simply projecting who can win this race. Yes, Charles Leclerc can win this race. Yes, um, Max Verstappen can win this race. Why is this showing up like a five? If Oh, because it's blank right now. Um, Lewis Hamilton, probably not going to get a podium. He got the podium last week, but that was because Checo and Max just went pfft. Lewis was trailing the leader by 35 seconds. Uh, Mercedes hasn't fixed their issues. Uh, they were good at Bahrain in the low-speed turns, but on the, the straight stretches, they were giving up something like a tenth going into the turns. Well, Jeddah is a high-speed track, lot not necessarily straight stretches because it's kind of windy, but it really almost is. And with that and the higher speeds, we don't really think, and Mercedes says it's not a, an engine power issue. Now, they're saying that a lot because they don't want their Mercedes customers to be a little upset. They say the engine power is there. Uh, it seems like it's still the porpoising issue. Now, porpoising could be even worse at a higher speed track. And if they were giving up so much time in the longer straight stretches at Bahrain, at, well, in the high speed places at uh, Jeddah, I think it's going to be worse. And, I mean, there's just no reason to really believe that – I mean, what reason do you have to believe – I mean, yes, Lewis Hamilton is great. But what suggestion from reading what George Russell said, from what Toto Wolff has said, from what Lewis Hamilton has said this week, you can check the notes to find all that information. Nothing implies that they are going to be in a podium. They didn't deserve a podium last week. Congratulations that Lewis Hamilton fought, and it was awesome. It's cool seeing him on the podium and seeing, like, he was really thrilled and, and was experiencing pure joy to be like, hey, wait a second. I'm on the podium right now. How did I pull this off? Obviously, Lewis Hamilton wants to win races. But last week, that was basically a win. I mean, it's a huge win because Red Bull doesn't get any points. And Lewis Hamilton's on the freaking podium. Now, that being said, for DraftKings fantasy purposes, no. I think mechanically, they're still going to run into issues with porpoising. Um, now, Total Wolf says, well, this is simple. He says it's a drag issue, and we just got to simply you know, get the hacksaw out to the back of the wings, start cutting away, and that'll take away the drag. Yeah, but then it will also cut away the downforce. It's, like, it's just not that simple. So, yeah, you can pick back up the speed, but how do you know you're necessarily going to carry the speed through the turns? If you're losing a tenth in the turns through those long stretches and you get rid of the downforce, um, I just don't see how that's going to work. Signs is not better than Leclerc. Uh, he could possibly beat Verstappen. I don't think that he does. 
He is number two to Leclerc. I believe he's number two to Verstappen. So if it could easily go one, two, three, like it was supposed to last week, you could flip around Verstappen and Leclerc. That's fine. Right now, though, my ceiling for signs is number two. You could see all week throughout practice and through qualifying, especially when you looked at race pace, signs, and even in the race, Carlos Sainz was behind. And it looks pretty clear. Uh, Charles Leclerc, who is his coach? Uh, it's in the notes. You can check it out. Leclerc and this team are kind of going to be the guy. And it looks like Sainz, uh, almost going to be like a Valtteri Bottas. I don't want to say he's going to be Valtteri Bottas, but you get the picture that Sainz is clearly uh, the, the number two guy. At the moment, things could change. Right, we're looking at a one-race sample size, but from what we're looking at from last week, it looks like Leclerc is the guy. Checo Perez, I'll put him in at third. He could easily drop to fourth if both the Ferraris and Max Verstappen move ahead of him. Look fine, look good. Obviously, we want to see Red Bull make their fixes, but at that price, I'm not really interested. We know that he's losing the five-point bonus. That really hurts. Uh, same thing with signs. You're spending a big price and you're not getting the versus bonus. Now, if you want to leverage the field, because most people are going to say, all right, I'll take Leclerc. That's going to drop signs as ownership. You can really leverage the field. Checo's ownership. You're going to leverage the people that are going to roster Max Verstappen. George Russell looked fine. I don't believe that he is better than, uh, obviously, Q3. They did a kind of an unconventional strategy and they ran out of tires. He had a bad outlap. It resulted in a bad starting position. You know, if you've got place differential, again, I don't think that's going to be the case. George Russell typically is going to qualify towards the front. Uh, maybe he could beat Lewis Hamilton. That's an interesting conversation. But I don't see him beating Checo, the Ferraris, or the Red Bulls. And uh, and even Russell said, this is in the notes, they're a little bit concerned about Haas and their Ferrari engines and Alfa Romeo and their Ferrari engines nipping at their heels. That's unbelievable. You've got George Russell in a Mercedes not talking about Ferrari, not talking about Red Bull, which they did. And they mentioned that. You can check the notes for that. Again, if you go to racefortheprize.com, you click on the red button, go to patreon.com slash DFS, become a Patreon supporter. I've aggregated all this information, and you can find out what George Russell said about Red Bull and Ferrari. And basically said, I'm not even going to talk about them because they're out of our league. They're in a different universe. You know who he is talking about? It's Alfa Romeo and Haas. Unbelievable. Oh, Mercedes is fine. Look, Mercedes is going to be fine in the long run. This is a giant shift in aero packages. We have new tires. Everything is completely different. So some people are going to get it out of the gate, especially Ferrari, considering they had all that extra time in 2020 and 2021, and we're building for this moment. Not a surprise. It's kind of surprising that Red Bull started out of the gates pretty good, but remember, off-season narrative was Red Bull spent too much time on the 21 season. They were focusing too much on Max Verstappen's championship while Mercedes was working towards 2022. Well, that didn't really seem to be the case, but I don't want to say that Red Bull figured it all out either just because of one week, but we know that there's a lot to figure out, a lot to fix, a lot of issues that you got to deal with, and Mercedes is dealing with them, and slowly but surely, over the course of the season, they'll figure it out. It's a long run. Hamilton has said that, but it's crazy. Alfa Romeo is right there. Haas is right there, but it's explanatory. They have those Ferrari engines, and those Ferrari engines are fast. Um, Kevin Magnussen looked wonderful. Yes, his finish, a little inflated because of the results. Well, there's a couple of things that inflates Magnuson's result. One, Bottas has the horrible start. We'll talk about that in a second. 
Two, you have both those Red Bull failures. So it's very easily that Kevin Magnuson could have finished in eighth place, which is exciting, which is fine. The dude was on a couch, and then he's finishing eighth in a Haas car. What? Well, that happened. But guess what? What really happened? He finished fifth. The car was fast. He looked comfortable. He looked in control. And now he's got another week of practice under his belt. So where would we project Magnuson? I'm going to go with sixth. That seems about right. I will also, I'm going to put Bathos at fifth because we didn't really get a good example of Arthur. Oh, we actually got a really good example, but not a good example. Wait, what do you mean? You got a good example, but not a good example. Well, we got a couple examples. Cop saying the word example. So, Batas had a clutch vibration issue, which caused him to spin his wheels and struggle on his first lap. And if you're watching the race, do I, I've got it on here. Let's see if I can pull up the lap by lap at Bahrain on your screen. You're going to see that Batas started, what was it, sixth? And he's in 14th. I'm sure you're watching that F1 race on ESPN, which was the highest F1 race in America ever. What? Well, not ever, for ESPN. More the, the previous high was on ABC, Network Broadcast, and they beat that on ESPN last week. F1, kind of taken off. Kind of a big deal. Are you watching NASCAR? Are you scared NASCAR? I would be because the product, pretty good. Pretty good product. Very step your game up, NASCAR. Anyway, you were watching that race on TV. I would suggest F1 TV, just me. You know, it's something like 80 bucks. Hell of a deal. All the content, the replays, the practices. Uh, yeah, you need to get F1 TV. You can always watch on ESPN as well. Drops to 14th. You're like, what are you doing, Batas? No! Uh, but you see him rip, roar, and works his way methodically through the race. I mean, you're watching him behind Yuki Sonoda. You're like, pass Sonoda. Get out of his way, Yuki! Eventually, he gets around him and works his way forward. Yes, his sixth place is a little bit better because the Red Bulls do not complete the race. But the positive, and this is what... Um, Fred Vassar says, look, it's terrible, but I'm kind of glad it happened because we got to see this car in traffic and see what it was really made of. And guess what? It's really made of something. Like the car was great other than that beginning. And Batas was great. I mean, if you're judging based on talent, box checked. If you're judging based on car, box checked. The only thing is, ah, I wish you would have got a better result. That's, you know, whatever. It was basically because of that first start. But other than that, Batas looked really good. So, yeah. It was a bad example because he didn't get the finish that he should have got, but it's a good example of how fast this car is and a good example of the talent. Pierre Gasly. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's fastest in practice one. And then they go to the nighttime and he's slow. And hey, we're going to have the same thing again. P1 is going to be in the day at Jeddah. And then P2 is going to be nighttime because this is a nighttime race. Uh, Pierre Gasly also had the mechanical failure. Where was Gasly running before he went down? I think he was in the top 10 and was having a halfway decent race. But at his price, it's not really that exciting. So he was in 8th place, 7th place, 8th place, running in the back end of the top 10. Not bad. It's actually pretty good for Gasly. But also, remember, he's kind of running up there because Batas has an issue. So you can drop him back a spot. Uh, Batas had an issue. Um, so, But he, he was around the tail end of the top 10. Um, now, that's assuming that other people aren't going to make gains this week. Like, okay, well, he's back in the top 10. Maybe that's where he'll be. I don't know. I, I feel like a couple guys are going to move a 
a little bit closer to the front, and I could easily see Gasly dropping down. I think Gasly is probably a ninth-place driver this week for me. Lando Norris. Now, here's your question. The McLarens have got a mess on their hands. There's no way around it. The brake issue seems to be fixed. They've got the ducks fixed. But last week, their brake ducks were still a temporary fix, and that might have been possibly causing issues. Either way, the brake duct issue limited their practice at, or the testing at Bahrain, that put them way behind. They couldn't get uh, run through all their laps, run through all their testing, run through all the sims, run through all of the adjustments that they needed to make to start that race. And so they clearly were not on the same level uh, practice-wise, technically, prepare-wise as the other teams. And then on top of that, they started on medium tires, which that didn't work either. Uh, now, they say it's a, a downforce issue, and that's really going to hurt you at Bahrain when you get into those low-speed corners. Jeddah in Saudi Arabia, if we want to be positive, is going to be a different track. This is much more of a power track as opposed to a high downforce track. This is a speed track. Uh, Lando has said that maybe we could be okay. And McLaren has said maybe that our struggles with downforce are circuit-specific. There's a lot of maybes. It's a possibility. You could probably take a flyer on Lando if this is more of a speed race and the McLaren seem to have the speed. And we also have been told that, you know, uh, the Mercedes power unit is fine, according to Toto Wolf and Merck. So still not that crazy. I'll give them 10th. That's probably too forgiving. That's probably being a little too liberal with the points and the projections. A more conservative approach would be giving 12th. I'll give him that 10th at the moment. Fernando Alonso did not look good. Fernando Alonso was already complaining before the season started about, I don't think this package is going to work, even though the reason he came back was because he thought the package was going to work. And he thought that, oh, well, with the new funding and all the rules and the even playing field, I want to come back. And then he already started complaining. And then again, oh, well, we can't pass. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, other people look pretty good, Fernando. You're the one that struggled. You're the one that lost your teammates. The best I'll give Fernando right now is 10th, whereas Esteban Ocon disintegrated a side pod in practice, had to run the obsolete model. Fernando is running the new updated Alpine side pod, which I believe copied Ferrari a little bit. If I remember correctly, kind of similar to uh, Red Bull, and like it's got this little contouring anyway. So Ocon had to use the old model because his blew up. There's a failure in the, the way that it was designed. Alonso was on the brand new model, and Alonso in the brand new model lost to his teammate Ocon, and Ocon even had to serve a five-second penalty for wrecking, I think he wrecked Mick Schumacher, if I remember correctly. So Ocon looked pretty good. Let's look at Akon's laps. Again, we're, we're comparing Bahrain to Saudi Arabia, and we really shouldn't. We could look at the Saudi Arabia laps from last season, uh, but I'm not going to go into that. We're just looking at pricing. Uh, Pricing-wise, I would rather play Akon, and I will give him eighth. I probably should. We'll go ninth to be a little conservative. I think Mick Schumacher is a top ten. Schumacher was coming alive late. I had to go through my notes. I remember he had a chance, really. Uh, but I think the penalty came out. I think the safety car came out, and it prevented Mick from getting another spot. Now, Mick definitely benefited from the Red Bull failures, but he was coming alive. There was something that happened to him that – should I go to the notes? I'm not going to go to the notes. You check out the notes. I'm not going to play Mick because – well, how much is Magnuson this week? $8,000. I don't think Mick's quite ready to beat Magnuson. It's close. And at the price, maybe you consider it. I'm not going there. 
Um, Joe looked pretty good. He really did. Um, one, he just wanted to complete the race in his first ever race as a debutant, and he did that. Um, like you compare him to, like you cut Mazepin, pay to play driver, and Joe, pay to play driver, or well, he brings a lot of sponsorship and money with him. Like, they're not even comparable. Joe looks really good. Mazepin was an absolute nightmare. Now I'm gonna get the Russian oligarch gonna try to chop my head off now. Sorry, Netflix really. The producers of those shows must have a death wish. This guy did not really worry about painting him in a negative light. Um, but, uh, like, not like they had to do anything. You just turn the camera on, and Mazepin just does it himself, unfortunately. <laughs> so weird. You look at Gunter Steiner and Mazepin, and you couldn't have two different personalities. You put the camera on Gunter, and it's like, I love this guy. I love this guy. You put the camera on Mazepin, and you're like, turn this off. Turn this off. Get off of my screen. All right. Um, Joe, uh, I think maybe 12 for Joe. Anna Ricardo. What were they doing at the end of that race? Did they at least do better when they put different tires on? No, they didn't. Yeah, he missed all the testing. Yeah, he probably might have been a little rusty. But I just, I honestly believe that my Lando projection is way too high. But hey, like one of the interesting thing here, if you want, to take the cheaper Cardo and hope maybe that he just beats Lando. Last week, what was the... I mean, he beat Lando last week, didn't he? He finished. So that's that's going to be an interesting angle this week. It's just saying, hey, I don't like either of the McLarens, but Ricardo's cheap, and Ricardo could beat Lando Norris. Yeah. That will be a evolving storyline in Fantasy NASCAR at DraftKings. Remember, guys, racefortheprize.com. That's where you can go to get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet, Fantasy F1 spreadsheet, and the notes, like the Nick Schumacher note that I can't remember off the top of my head. And I'm sure there's tons of notes throughout the week that you can't remember off the top of your head. You can't remember what website it was on or where you found things, and you don't want to bookmark everything. you got thousands of bookmarks, and you can't even sort through the bookmarks. Let me do it for you. You just simply, uh, well, actually, here, I can just pull up the notes. Like, here's how you do it. Say, like, there was something about Mick Schumacher. What was that thing? Well, I pull up the notes, and there is a table of contents at the very bottom of this thing. I'm going to see page down the way. So look at this, 33 pages. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of notes here. You don't have to read them all, right? Um, you don't have to read them all. It takes that long to get to the bottom of the notes. Uh, but there's a table of contents to help you out to find everything. So, But if what we just want to do, though, is go all the way to the top. Actually, what you'll do is just hit Control-F. It's like, all right, well, just find me where I talk about Mick. Mick Schumacher. Oh, yeah, I already said this earlier. He was hit by Ocon, Ocon uh, on turn six of the opening lap. And he struggled afterwards because of that damage. Still finished 11th. There it was. That was that note about about Mick thinking like, well, maybe Mick could do better this week. Yes, he benefited from the Red Bull issue, but he also got damage from Esteban Ocon's being in the race, and that's why Ocon had the five-second penalty. There it is in the notes. You forgot something. It's that easy to find it. Don't you want to have access to this? Don't you want to have this helpful guidance and help you leverage and find information that other people might not be using? Raceforthepries.com. Go to Brandon Cruz DFS. That's the Patreon. Patreon. Get access to DFS sheets. Raceforthepries.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Race to the Price too, and send me your death threats.
Death threats? Maybe. All right. Getting weird. Sebastian Vettel. Uh, is he going to be in the car this week? I don't know. We, uh, we don't know. He actually seems like he got uh, Omicron kind of bad. So, and, ooh, who knew? Uh, I'll say if he's in the car, I don't know. The Aston Martins were, they're a mess. We've got some Aston Martin notes in here. Yeah, we do. So Aston Martin is, there's another great video. I don't know if it's Chain Bear who did it, explaining like, here's what Mercedes is doing that they're struggling with. Now here is Aston Martin in their Mercedes and what's causing them such problems. All right. Um, so there's your big thing. Aston Martin has fixed their porpoising, which is great going into Saudi Arabia, which I think porpoising is going to be a big issue in this high-speed track. One of the fastest, if you want more information on this track, it's here. I've got notes on it. Pirelli gave really good notes about this track. It's fast. Um, we could, I mean, and it's tight. Now, they've widened it out a little bit, and they've gotten rid of some of the blind spots. But, great, you got rid of the blind spots, but now you've added giant tires. They're going to limit visibility more at a track where you probably shouldn't even have created it to begin with. Well, just watch the beginning. If you have F1 TV, which you need to get, watch the beginning of last season's uh, penultimate race of the season at Jetta Street Circuit and watch the beginning and watch the chaos. It is nuts. It's fast. It's tight. It's a wow. Uh, so that's in the notes. But anyway, Aston Martin has fixed their porpoise, but they swung too much. And I mean, I imagine what you do. Right? So if you want to fix, keep the car from hitting the ground, well, raise it up. But if you raise it up, just like in any form of race, racing, yes, you're going to get better handling, but you're going to get more drag, and it's going to slow you down. Same thing with NASCAR. If you remember playing uh, the NASCAR video games in the 2008 to 2012s, like you really couldn't adjust the setups that much on the cars, and really the only track that was worth racing was Daytona and Talladega. But, in the, but you could adjust one thing. All you could do is just, I want the car to handle better. Well, just raise the track bar. And so you'd raise the car up, but you would go slower. And so then like, well, I want it to go faster. All right, well, lower it down. You're going to have less grip and you're going to be loose or have oversteer and you're going to be fast. Well, so what McLaren has done, I'm assuming, is, hey, they're not hitting the ground anymore just because they've raised it up. Well, you raise the, the car up too much at Jetta, you're going to be too slow and you're going to have a chance. I don't see them. And I think that the Mercedes power unit probably isn't as fast. It's, look, let's say that the Mercedes power unit's fine. It's not the Ferrari. It's just not. Now, can they compete with the RB18? Maybe. But they ain't competing with the Ferraris. Not right now. I don't. I think I'd probably could move him back to 15th. Yuki looked okay. I mean 12th. He looked okay. He was eventful. It was an eventful weekend for Yuki. Uh, but he still ended up having a decent race. Len Stroll. If we can get Stroll versus Hulkenberg again, Yes. Uh, but Stroll wasn't that great last week. I worry about these cars. Uh, when I think of Stroll, I think of... So another track that I'm kind of looking at in the comparisons is Azerbaijan or Baku, which is another high-speed street circuit. And I think it was Azerbaijan where... Or was it? Yeah, where Lance Stroll just absolutely obliterated his car. Tire exploded. Now, if you look at the notes, Pirelli's bringing a kind of soft tire here. It could be a concern. Now, it's going to be nighttime, so the temperature should be fine. I'm assuming that Pirelli knows what they're doing. But Azerbaijan, Max Verstappen, on long, just on a straight stretch, 
blazing, all of a sudden tire blows while he's leading. Going to win the race. Tire blows, he's into the wall. Same thing happened for Lance Stroll. Stroll on the, on the straight stretch, flying, boom, 180 miles per hour into a wall. Insane crash. Nuts for both of them. You're going to have another high-speed track where that could happen. Now, most of the wrecks were more tight racing at uh, Jeddah last season. I don't know. Just something to plant into the line. But anyway, that pops up when I think of Lance Stroll. I think of that uh, Baku race and that wreck. It's freaking nuts. You probably can just YouTube that one if you don't want to watch the race over again. Fourteenth. Oh, All right, here we are again. This is probably going to be a common theme. Williams punting. Yeah, and so last week I was on Albon. I know the field. I didn't think it was a mistake to go to Latifi if he just didn't have the money. If you were constructing a, a, a roster because Latifi was just dirt cheap, I get that. I understand that. That, that wasn't the craziest idea, but. I also, here's Albon, here's Latifi. It wasn't even close. But Albon's starting closer. Place differential isn't that big of a deal in Fantasy F1. A lot of these guys aren't going forward, and if they slide back a couple spots, it doesn't hurt that much. you got to hit reset. If you're a Fantasy NASCAR guy jumping over to Fantasy F1, where place differential is make or break, it's do or die. Not the case in F1. You can't completely ignore it. You can't just throw it out. But last week, and I tried to explain this in the live show, like, don't worry about Albon versus Latifi because, oh, well, Latifi can move forward and Albon can go backwards. It's okay because Latifi probably ain't going forward, and he didn't. And if Albon slides back a couple spots, it's not really going to hurt him that much. He's still going to finish above Latifi and still get the five points. And I stand in the same spot. Right now, 3200 to 3000 uh, it's probably just too close price-wise. I think Albon should be more, or you just lower Latifi. But if you lower Latifi any more than that, They'd be too cheap. Uh, it's just to kind of box themselves in. And it's going to be interesting to see how DraftKings figures this out. But where we stand right now, you're probably going to lock in a lot of Albon. Even if like, he finishes 17th, you still got you know, Latifi barely finishing 19th. I'll take the five points. You know, no big deal there. Alex Albon's a much better driver. And, I mean, you saw that in Q1. He made it to Q2. You saw how excited they were. They, they made some changes in free practice three. Now, I know free practice three is a daytime practice. Either way, they made adjustments that they liked. That's good. That's what you want to see positives for Williams. You want to see, hey, can you make this change? Oh, you did. Now it's faster. It's working. It's the team working together, finding solutions. Now, maybe you didn't produce big results last week, but you keep doing that week after week, during the week, during free practice one, during free practice two, during free practice three, during qualifying, during the race. If you keep building on those positives, then yeah, you're going to slowly work your way to the top. Now, that doesn't mean by the end of the season they're going to be a top 10. But that's, I mean, there's a long run with all these teams. McLaren's eyes are really on 2023. Um, I think Alpine's eyes are 100 races away. You've got to realize, like, oh, if they keep working, they're going to work. No, 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 no. It, the, the steps are much more incremental. It's marginal what their gains are going to be. It's Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's being 1% better every single day. We expect them, like, oh, they're going to shoot to the top. It ain't happening. Even if they could make these huge gains, that means it's possible to make huge gains. And if it's possible to make huge gains, then Ferrari is also making huge gains. Then Red Bull is also making huge gains. And Mercedes is also making huge gains. It is relative. So, but it's not to do these huge gains anyway. Just want to slowly work their way to the top. All right, there's all those for now. Hopefully that was helpful and punching those in let's just see what it says for team wise 
Obviously, he likes Ferrari. It likes Red Bull. Do we have any value here team-wise? Um, McLaren. Was, no, no, they're not showing up. Haas, Alfa Romeo. Haas too expensive. Maybe you could consider Alfa Romeo. I think you're still going to have to take one of these top-tier teams. Mercedes needs to be a little bit cheaper. I mean, you get the podium bonus with Ferrari and Red Bull. Who else could you say could get you a Ferrari or get the podium bonus? Probably no one. No one at this point is going to be a contender for that podium bonus. Mercedes is going to get the top 10 bonus. Ferrari, Red Bull can get the top 10 bonus. Value-wise, if you want to consider it, you say, all right, well, who can get the top 10 bonus for me? I don't think Alfa Romeo can do it. The projections say they can't. It's going to be tough for Joe to get that top 10. Alpine, maybe. Um, Alonso's going to get better. But they could also just slide down a little bit. You do feel comfortable with Haas being close. I feel more comfortable moving forward that Mick Schumacher, and that's crazy, but I just I feel like Mick Schumacher will be better. I, I trust Mick Schumacher more than Joe, but could be wrong, right? That's close. I'll take the discount, probably, actually, if I had to go down here anywhere. Um, these guys are just... Yeah, I don't see that working. Yeah. So, team-wise, um, those are the guys early in the week that I'd be circling around trying to figure out, okay, what kind of builds could work. Thanks for joining me. Go to raceforthepride.com. Support this podcast. Support these videos. And in exchange for you supporting all the hard work and effort, just share everything I've got with you. All the notes, all the information, all the spreadsheets, the optimizer, Make your life a lot easier. Makes your life a lot easier. So go check it out. Thank you. Please like, subscribe, share the podcast, leave comments. I respond to all the comments. There's not many people that watch these, so it's easy for me to respond to you and engage with you, my dear humble audience. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Let's trip the lights. Fantastic. Let's go. Have a fantastic Saudi Arabia. Have a fantastic circuit of the Americas. We'll do a NASCAR video next. It's still recording. Oh, boy. Glad I didn't say anything.